This is the Cherryleaf Podcast. Hello, I'm Ellis Pratt. I'm one of the directors at Cherryleaf. And it's March 2020, and at the moment we are in the UK. It's still in the early stages of the coronavirus. And we thought it would be useful to do an episode for those people that are needing to create or update their business-as-usual policies. So just to set the context, one of the things that Cherryleaf does is it writes and it updates policies and procedures for organisations. And sometimes these policies and procedures are relating to business-as-usual and disaster recovery type activities. So what we thought would be useful would be to share some of the advice on the actions that organisations should consider if they find them in a situation where they need to write and update their policies and procedures so that they run their business, their organisation effectively during this time of where, for example, they might have people working from home rather than working as they would normally in an office. And this is going to be about the process of writing and communication rather than telling you specifically what your, for example, cyber security policy or what your writing from home policy should be. Now, we do have a podcast recorded on leadership communication, and we'll be publishing that in a few weeks time. So like with all projects, you need to have a plan. So the most simplest and obvious thing to do is to create a list of the documents that you need to have to ensure that people know what to do to keep your business going. So that will come probably from management or the board, but it also can be useful to ask your staff as well, what information do they need if they're working from home or if they're working in an unusual situation to what they're normally used to. So you create a list of the documents that you need and you create a list of the documents that you have. And from that, you can identify the gaps between the two, the documents that need to be written. And you can also go through a process of prioritizing which ones need to be written and updated. And you can create a spreadsheet and have a red, amber, green set of colors to prioritize the most important documents or a ranking from one to four or one to six. And again, prioritize the ones that are the most important ones to get done. So you may find that you also have documents that exist, but are out of date or need to be improved. So having created your list of the documents that you need, you need to check on the condition of the ones that already exist. So the next step that we'd recommend is that you create an audit spreadsheet. And if you contact us, info at cherryleaf.com, we can send you a very basic spreadsheet that you can use to base this on. And so what this spreadsheet can do is it can identify and contain the list of the documents. For those that exist already, it can identify where they are. You can put the location of that document. And you can also put other sort of metadata information on there, like who's responsible for the content, that is the policy owner, when it was last updated and reviewed, and information about the condition of it. So how do we assess the condition and quality of a document to judge whether it needs to be updated or not? 
Well, we can use some of the measures that are used when people do website content strategy and different criteria by which they can assess the information. So I shall go through some of the ways in which you can identify whether a document needs to be improved or not. I'll go through the list and then we'll look at some of these to understand what they mean. So they are, is it desirable? Is it legally okay? Is it manageable stroke governable? Is it useful? Is it relevant? Is it clear? Is it credible? Is the content findable? Is it accurate? Is it complete? Is it concise? And is it accessible? So let's explain what some of those mean. Is it desirable? This means, is there a business reason for publishing it? Is it manageable and governable? By that we mean, does it contain information on who wrote it, who approved it, the date of the publication, the version number, and so on? Useful is, can it be used to achieve its purpose? So if it's a set of tasks to do something or for somebody to be able to make a decision, does it give them the information or the instructions they need to be able to do that? The relevance we're talking about, is it relevant to the user's situation and needs? So for example, is it relevant to them working at home or working at a branch rather than head office or to their job role? And is it clear? Does it contain any ambiguity, anything that's obscure? Can people understand what they're meant to be doing? And findable is the information organized in a consistent way that lets users find the information they're looking for quickly and easily. And accurate, are there any mistakes or errors? Is it truthful, is it factual? And complete, does it have all the information that somebody needs? And to an extent you could include in that, is it up to date? And concise, is it at the right level of detail? Does it contain information that's just not needed? And in terms of accessible, you might have people, in addition to those that have sight impairments or other types of physical impairments, people that are needing to use this information on a mobile device or a screen reader, or they've got their laptop plugged into their television and they're using that as a second screen. Is the information viewable for those situations? So what documents do you need to create for this type of situation? I can give you some suggestions, some indications, the types of things that you might need to consider. So for finance, one of the main issues with a company in an emergency situation is keeping staff paid and cash flow. So you might need policies and procedures in place that are accurate and up-to-date relating to payroll, invoicing and credit control. For IT, particularly if people are working remotely, then there can be a lot of different policies and procedures and run books and the like that need to be in place. So there's quite a long list for that. So let me give you a list of the types of things that you need to consider. So you might need policies and procedures on your cybersecurity, your system architecture, how software is configured and deployed, your support procedures, your administration and maintenance activities, restart procedures, event management, licensing, user access and user profile management procedures, and within that, the critical ones of adding and removing users. And you could also have information around issuing laptops and acceptable use if people are away from the office. 
diagnostics and troubleshooting procedures, backup and recovery, failover planning, request fulfillment, problem management, access management, testing, service acceptance criteria, project control logs, release and deployment management, service level management, capacity management, skills matrix, supplier contracts, and service reporting and governance. And if you contact us, we can email you a list of those particular topics. And from an HR perspective, you may need to check that your information is correct relating to your working at home policy, sickness policy, working hours, and roles and responsibilities in terms of who should do what if somebody is off work. And you might also need content around risk management and again, resource management. So you have your list of the documents that you want. You've got a list of the documents that need to be updated and prioritized. Then the next stage is really to look for commonalities, see if there are common document types so that you can establish skeleton documents and regular standard headings so that you have consistency across the different types of documents. So you might find that there is a consistent approach that you can establish for policies, process documents, for procedures. For each of these document types, you can identify also the audience that might be using particular different types of documents, the purpose of the documents, and also common metadata that you might want to include with those particular documents. Information about the information, that being metadata. So at that point, you have your list of the documents that you want to create, an approach of what you want to include in each document and perhaps the order in which the information is going to flow. Then there's the issue of identifying an authoring platform. Now in this type of situation, time is limited. So it's probably not practical to move away from the tools that you already have. So let's talk about what you may be using today. So one popular tool is Google Docs. It's free, it's familiar to many people within organizations that use it, and that can be a good tool to use. What you can do within Google Docs is you can embed other content such as spreadsheets and flowcharts from other applications. And there are a couple of add-ons that you can get that can help you with that side of things to help you do flowcharts to Describe from beginning to end the key steps in a process, the what to do's. And there are tools like draw.io and lucidchart that you can add as extensions to the Google suite to do that type of thing. And with Google Docs built into that, you can roll back to look at the history of a document, who wrote what, you can track who's been adding content, and you can have the ability for people to write comments asking for clarification on certain parts of the document. The only downside with having content stored in Google Documents is that it can be hard to find particular documents. So you might want to have a document that provides links, effectively like a table of contents or an index to help people find the different documents that are there. And the same is true for people that use Word and specifically the online version of Word that can come with Office 365. Again, you have document history and the ability to add comments. Again, it's familiar. 
And with Word documents, again, you can have some basic document metadata. And if it's stored on SharePoint, you can set up some rules within SharePoint to flag up to certain people to approve or review the content at certain dates. Again, there are some issues because it's a document approach to writing content. It can be hard for people to navigate and find information. Now, in terms of extensions and add-ons, that's also possible within the Office 365 environment. There is another tool that you might want to consider, which is a desktop application called Doc2Help, D-O-C-T-O-H-E-L-P. What Doc2Help can do is it can combine Word documents together and generate HTML versions and mobile-friendly versions of the content. It can create tables of contents that provide navigation links to a collection of different Word documents. And it can also add things like breadcrumbs and indexes. And if you need to localize the content to different languages, it can integrate quite well with one of the localization tools that uh, is available. Now you might have a technical writer or a technical author who works in your organization. They will have access to more sophisticated tools and for example, they might be using tools like Flare or RoboHelp. And what those tools can do is they can import, again, a collection of different Word documents and break them up into small chunks of content to appear as web pages. You can have content that can pop up. You can have hotspotted diagrams to navigate around to more detailed information. And again, they can integrate with localization tools. Within the context of a dealing with a crisis, you probably don't have time yourself to familiarize yourself with that particular tool. But if you do have somebody in your organization, such as a technical author, who's using that tool today, then you could call on their expertise to make the content more accessible and easier to use by using that particular tool. The other option to Google Docs and to Word is to use a wiki. And wikis can be easy to use in terms of writing the content. And they can create the content in a way that's optimized for online viewing. And you can break the content into small topics or small web pages. And you can navigate directly to a particular section rather than to the front of a particular document. So one of the popular wiki tools or wiki-like tools is Confluence. And that does have, again, add-ons for doing flowcharts. And that is a popular tool within Microsoft Teams, which you may get bundled with Office 365. There is a very basic wiki, not necessarily one that in general we would recommend, but it does have the advantage that you can use it within the context of Teams. So you can have Teams chats and you can link to Word documents within a particular Teams chat, as well as the wiki. So that might be worth considering. And Git and GitHub, or GitHub in particular, has a wiki that you can use. Again, fairly straightforward to use, available and accessible over the web. Can be set if you are on the paid plan for GitHub to be private. And you can have, again, document history, who wrote particular sections, collaborative authoring although it's not necessarily great if you've got hyperlinks and they're going to the wrong place. It can be quite 
easy to have broken hyperlinks within that particular tool, but that's another consideration. You don't need to know the, the normal branching and forking capabilities of GitHub. It's just a straightforward wiki. So the attraction of a wiki is that the content is online. It's designed to be viewable as web pages, and it can be easy for teams of people to write content. In addition to those tools, ones that you might want to consider are some tools for creating screenshots or doing little videos that show people the stages on how to use an application. The tools that we like on that are Snagit and Camtasia. And in fact, the makers of Snagit have announced that they will provide free to organizations up until the end of June, the Snagit app. So we've mentioned a couple of flow charting software applications. You could also use business process modeling. That's something that we talked about in episode 30 of the Cherry Leaf podcast with Terry Hopper. And there are different BPM business process modeling applications that are available, some that are free of charge. So you've identified the documents that you need to create. You've identified some standard document types and ways to organize and structure the information. You've identified an authoring platform for writing the content. There are a couple of other steps that you also need to consider as well. One is publishing roles and responsibilities. So you'll need to identify who will be writing the content. You may need to also identify the policy owners for each document who's responsible for saying, yes, this is the correct policy or not. The person that writes may not necessarily be the person that approves publication, particularly if you want there to be a gateway that the policy owner signs off any content before it goes live. So you might have a publication approver and you might also need a governance team just to check that all the different people creating content are doing it in the same way to the quality that you want. So in the publishing approval process, you might have some checklists that you create for the writers and reviewers to tick off that the content is ready to go live. And again, that can be the same checklist of quality checks that we had when we were doing our audit of the content. For example, you know, is it desirable? Is it legally okay? Is it useful? And so on. And I mentioned governance and maintenance and having a process for that. It may be sensible to set up a review process to have a team that creates these document quality checklists. Perhaps even if you've got time to establish a voice and tone or a standards guide for the writers and to establish things like version control and change control processes. Now, if you had time and in an ideal world, you might want to consider moving away from a document approach to more of a, a service delivery approach to content, more focused on the tasks that people want rather than explaining as they were from a top-down audit perspective with different navigation routes for different audiences, those audiences being staff, managers, and auditors, for example. But in this context, at this moment, you may not have time to, to do that. And another thing in an ideal world that would be good to do would be to train staff. The types of things that you might want to cover if you, you do want to take on training, if you have the time, is things like how to write clearly, how to use the standard documents that you've created, how to document the changes that have been made, and 
how to think about the users and writing for their particular needs, how much detail to include, how to structure and sequence information, and to explain the approval process and review process that you have in place. If you're sticking to the tools that you already have today, then you may not need to go into too much detail about the authoring tool, apart from maybe some tips on how to use the tool correctly. For example, using styles within tools like Microsoft Word. Of course, you need to identify who's going to write the content. Again, this is something that we do in normal situation. Do bear in mind that you might have people such as in-house technical authors or technical writers or courseware developers who have skills available for writing this content. And there's always the option of pulling them off what they're doing today to update the policies and procedures or help people through that process. So an unplanned, unscheduled episode, really just to give some advice, a list of actions to consider. I hope it's useful. I hope everyone stays as well as they can be. If you have any questions relating to this, then do contact us, info at cherryleaf.com. If you'd like that spreadsheet, then contact us for that in terms of auditing your existing content. And again, a list of the types of documents you might want to create, we can send a list over to you for that. Otherwise, thanks for listening.